and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Penny, knowing you, you probably uh, already know this information, but maybe some of our, our listeners have wondered why in the Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, the lyrics say, we'll tell scary ghost stories uh, in the lyrics while talking about festive things to do at Christmas time. <laughs> what what a spooky mystery what a spooky mystery so uh turns out christmas used to be a lot spookier what a bummer that it's not now i bet we uh, can bring it back midge bring, make, make, make christmas, christmas spooky, spooky again, again. <laughs> <laughs> see we're coming up with so many good merch ideas merch ideas mer- merch idea added to the list well the grinch said no capitalism though so oh, all right <laughs> Uh, but historically, December 25th, before the Christians came in and, and claimed it as Christmas, um, was associated with a lot of solstice festivals that kind of viewed midwinter as the time when the light dies and the veil between the world of the living and the dead gets thin, uh, much like another time of year. It might sound familiar to you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh so this was a, a very spooky time pre-traditional uh, Christmas, and they used to tell ghost stories at Christmas time. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Christmas ghost stories and why that was such a, a big thing and why it isn't so much anymore. Mm, delightful. <laughs> uh, so there isn't a ton of information on how this started because it did start as a completely oral tradition um people weren't you know writing ghost stories down at that point they were telling them and uh reciting them from memory passing them down so there weren't a lot of written records to determine when exactly this began but uh it's believed that people kind of began telling ghost stories around the winter solstice to pass the the very long winter nights as as y'all know it's getting dark earlier and earlier this time of year (laughs) sure is and December 25th was uh, often thought of as the, the longest night of the year. Uh, some historians also theorize that winter was thought of as being the spookiest time because uh, luckily for us, we live in a time where we have this neat thing called modern medicine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, prior uh, t- to that, they they didn't have that. And this time was extra scary for people because illness was rampant in the winter and death seemed to kind of be all over the place. And so it was a it was a little a little ooky spooky, a little creepy. So, I thought you were going to say that we have a thing called houses because i was definitely <laughs> well thinking about too. like just wolves, <laughs> just well, wolves yeah well yeah you. well and electricity Which is also, also true. Yeah. you know <laughs> not not having the access to just like turn lights on at night mm-hmm. like people yeah. were gathering around candles and fires and it was very uh very ooh, whatever whatever feeling that evokes mm-hmm. ooh. So uh, people would gather around the fire and recite ghost stories from memory. Um, That is, however, until industrialization began in what time, Penny? The The Victorians. Victorians. (laughs) Our good old friends. 
that's why i so uh penny and i between recording here i was like honestly i can't believe that you didn't prepare this topic i thought for (laughs) sure (laughs) that you were gonna come at me with some victorian ghost stories oh man Uh, i i literally had the um that that line from the song in my head the other day and was like (laughs) Oh yeah, spooky ghost stories for Christmas. We should huh. like, that should be part of the pod. Or I think I think I was going to like tie it in into a different topic. Yeah, which I still might. <laughs> so wait and see. But no, I'm very excited to just talk about Victorians and their crazy ghost stories. <laughs> uh, but so uh, yeah, industrialization starts in Victorian England, and with higher literacy rates, cheaper printing costs, and a lot of uh, like periodicals being published, mm-hmm. editors needed to fill pages. And so around Christmas time, they decided to convert the old storytelling tradition into a printed version. And so this uh, ended up making stories a lot more accessible to all different classes. Um, A lot of stories even included like people of, you know, it wasn't just a rich person's thing, (laughs) Um, which a lot of times I think people associate those ghost stories as being like gothic ghost stories as being very like in a manner and, you know, wealthy people. But um, a lot of these ghost stories we're just about the the everyman and so people representation matters exactly in your ghost stories (laughs) i Uh, i could be terrified by a ghost too (laughs) i too can experience horror at christmas (laughs) uh but so this uh, tradition really caught fire and kind of became a staple of the christmas season So Victorian authors like Elizabeth Gaskell, Margaret Oliphant, and Arthur Conan Doyle were all contributing to these uh, periodicals and the tales. And of course, probably most famously, a a little fella named Charles Dickens. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, so, of course, even though he is, is best known for his 1843 classic, A Christmas Carol, uh, which is... I would say definitely the most well-known, if not only known <laughs> in, in present day Christmas ghost story. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, he actually wrote uh, quite a few of these and uh, was putting them in newspapers that he was already editing. And then also, um, you know, f- seeking out people who were also writing these stories and, and incorporating them into the papers. So he was a, a huge part of popularizing this christmas ghost story genre in england uh but you know the times they are a change in and Uh. so (laughs) christmas carol uh it was huge in the uk and of course it was also really big in america as well because charles dickens had kind of a built-in fan base since it's almost like the americans came from england Hmm. um and so that was a, a Christmas Carol was a bestseller almost immediately um, in America too. But then the idea of ghost stories at Christmas started to kind of taper off in America. It was still really prom- pro- prominent is the word I'm trying to say um, in England. But uh, a few American writers tried to do this in America. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, and our, our good old boy, Washington Irving, um, made several attempts at like slipping supernatural into Christmas short stories. <laughs> um, 
but it, it well, never what if really there was a ghost <laughs> but but hear me out what if there was a ghost um and it, it never really caught on so historians believe this was like for a couple of reasons a because america um was really a, have you heard about the colonists <laughs> <laughs> and how and how they didn't they, they weren't really into the idea of like magic or superstition yeah, they were they They're, were a, li- a little bit strict i hear just a tidge yeah uh and so everything you know was pretty secular in the new world and they didn't uh want to have that tainting their their new country and so uh a lot of people think that they just that was why it wasn't super well received but also, uh, Irish and Scottish immigrants coming over um, brought the idea of Halloween to America. And so there kind of became a designated time for spooky mm-hmm. things, for ghosts and goblins. And that kind of became the time of, okay, we deal with this <laughs> here, and that's it. Um so Christmas ghosts died out in America, and that's really sad because now you and I don't get to experience it uh, anymore. But I have uh, a couple of synopsises of some popular Christmas ghost stories from back in the day, and I thought I would share some some ones you might want to check out. Ooh, yes, please. Tell me a story, Midge. Tell me a story. Tell uh, me so- a story. please papa please mother so there is one from 1904 called oh whistle and i'll come to you my lad by mr james and this one is a uh christmas time setting and the protagonist parkins is a cambridge professor who decides to spend his winter holiday on the southeast coast of england Uh, And then while he is exploring some ruins, he discovers a mysterious bronze whistle. And he blows into the whistle, like you do when you find a strange whistle (laughs) lying on the ground. When you're like, ah, here's a dirty, weird thing. I'm going to put it in my mouth. (laughs) Right. My brain was like, well, this was pre-COVID, but then also like (laughs) the plague. So, you know, uh, but he blows into the whistle and it conjures up this terrifying wind and then a specter that haunts him in the night Uh, it's very spooky very creepy Uh, and then another fun one from 1931 this i i don't know why i really i like this one it gives like it's it reminds me of some ghost story that people used to tell when we were kids and i don't Mm -hmm. remember what it was but anyway it's called smee by a.m barrage and this story starts on Christmas Eve, and this boy named Jackson refuses to play hide-and-seek with his friends. And when asked why he doesn't want to play, Jackson tells the story of the previous Christmas when he played a similar game called Smee, um, which, based on the context of the, the story, is similar to the game Sardines. Okay. If you if you played that. Um, also... <laughs> This is a, 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 a total side note. When I was a kid, I don't know why I hated playing hide and seek because it felt like inherently <laughs> spooky to me. <laughs> I don't know why, like wandering around somebody's house that I like wasn't familiar with and looking like I was scared to find somebody, you know? Aww. See, yeah. I didn't really like hide and seek when I was little, but it was 
more for, as we briefly touched on in the last episode, that great undiagnosed ADHD attention span issue. Like I liked searching, but if I had to hide, I was just like, this is You're like, so and boring. I'm bored. I'm so done. Oh my God. I'm just supposed to sit here and not do anything until someone comes and finds me. So I was very, I was torn between that and like my competitive desire to be the best at hiding. So <laughs> well, and fidget spinners didn't exist yet. No, so, you no know, not, not, nothing to do. Mm-mm. But anyway, uh, our friend Jackson, he doesn't want to play Smee, or no, he doesn't want to play hide and seek because of the game Smee. Um, so yeah, in in the if you're not familiar with sardines, one person hides and then everybody else looks for them, and in if you find the person, you have to hide with them until everybody is in the same location. But apparently in, in, in like a tin of sardines. Almost as though the name <laughs> gives a hint. Um, but apparently in this version, when someone finds them, they ask, are you Smee? And they can't answer. And then you have to get in the hiding spot with them. <laughs> okay. We don't know who Smee is. I was going to say, who is Smee? Is Smee the ghost? <laughs> I, no one knows. Uh, and it's not actually, I, I, I thought it was going to be part of the ghost story. It's not. It's it's not explained. <laughs> He's just like, P.S. I don't like this game. <laughs> yeah. Moving like, on. Anyway. Deadass. Uh, but so Jackson was playing this on the previous Christmas and he finds a, a little girl who he's like, are you Smee? And she can't answer because that's the thing. Uh, and then he gets in the hiding spot with her. And then hours later, all the other kids like are looking for him and come and talk to him. And they're like, the game ended hours ago, bro. Where have you been? Um, and he had been sitting beside a ghost the whole Ooh. time. Bum, bum, bum. So <laughs> a lot of these stories kind of remind me of how like, like white christmas isn't really a christmas movie other than the fact that it takes place at christmas um most of these christmas ghost stories have nothing to do with christmas at all um but they do take place at christmas time uh but yeah they're they're really fun and i i still think this would be a really fun tradition to like bring back it'd be a fun thing to like start with your friends or family um if you're looking for some Victorian ghost stories, I mean, A, you can find them online, but <laughs> um, there is a series of five books called the Velencourt Book of Victorian Ghost Stories. Uh, I think each book has like 13 stories in it, and they are actual, like, um, the, the woman who edits them together, but pulls them together, she is like a historian of like folklore and fo- like folktale. Mm-hmm. Um, and she literally has like curated these from periodicals from Victorian era and, and found them all and put them together. So it's really cool. Um, and like I said, yeah, there's five books. So lots of ghost stories. That's and a lot of ghosts. That's a lot of ghosts. I think it'd be really cool to like maybe get one book a year and just kind of, you know, slowly integrate that into your your Christmas tradition. So grab yourself a, a book, grab your friend a book, a great gift for a friend. I'm not sponsored by Velencourt. <laughs> I'm just really I'm, I'm sponsored by an obscure folklorist. <laughs> uh, well, on the, have you, have you seen the, the books, Penny? I have not. The, the covers are really beautiful too. They're like creepy, but Christmas. 
Um, so they would make really beautiful just like to have out at Christmas time also. But that's, uh, I think this is my formal petition to bring back ghost stories at Christmas. Everybody, please join me. Start a new tradition with your families this year. Yes. Um, this one was a, a little bit shorter because unfortunately there isn't a ton of written history about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I hope that it was still interesting and that y'all will uh, let us know what you think. If you would, uh, if you would do this, if you would incorporate some ghost stories into your festivities this year. Or if you or, want to place me. Or if you want to place <laughs> me with us. <laughs> or if you have a good Christmas ghost story, oh, also yes. also let us know, because that would make my day. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, we would love if you would let us know. You can uh, do that wherever you listen to your podcast. Well, I think we've actually discovered that really, I think it's only Apple Podcasts. <laughs> That lets yeah. you leave a review. <laughs> you can uh, rate it other places. Yeah, so yeah. rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and that really does help us find new listeners and uh, know we're giving you content that you're enjoying. But if you use Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review and we may read it right here, live on the air. I believe Penny has one to share with us today. I do. Um, so you can also leave a comment on our our pod, oh, yes. bean, on our pod which bean. is where uh, our podcast is hosted. Um, and we do have a, a lovely comment from Lindsay11, uh, who says, I love this podcast so much. I followed it since Midge announced the launch. It helped me through postpartum, and my now 15-month-old was often lulled to sleep as a newborn when we listened <laughs> in the car. The easygoing banter and wit is chef's kiss. And I feel like I'm friends with both of you. Ghoul's Night Inn is for sure my comfort podcast. And I love the wide range of quirky and spooky topics. Ghost emoji. Much love. <laughs> Appropriate. <Lindsay. laughs> oh, thanks, Lindsay. Oh, that's so sweet. Right? I love the idea of a baby listening to our podcast. Yes. I hope hello, they grow up nice and spooky. Baby. Hello, baby. Hello, baby. <laughs> to any babies out there. <laughs> Do you want to place me with us, little baby? <laughs> Or blow a random whistle. Or <laughs> we're we're on a list now somewhere <laughs> on the government watch list. Encourages babies to place me and blow whistles. I don't think a baby. I don't know if a baby has the lung capacity to blow a whistle. Next time on Ghoul's Night In, does a baby have the lung capacity to blow a whistle? I was realizing, like, as I said that, it sounded just like a total, like, neg on babies. Like, do you even have the lung capacity to blow a whistle? I don't think so. Uh, Well, Lindsay, was that more than you bargained for? (laughs) Most likely. This is the danger when you leave us a review. Yeah. So so maybe do that question mark if you want to be subjected to whatever this was. Uh thank you all so much again for listening today. If you want to keep up with us over on Instagram, you can follow us at Ghoul's Night in Pod. And if you are looking for me, you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And you can find me at Penny Snark. And until next time. Goodbye.